Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's that special time once again for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. And it will be airing live momentarily. This is that place to ask those special questions about PCs, technologies, with your computer, iPhone, and those smart devices designed to work at home and in the office that's supposed to make life easier. We welcome your questions tonight. And please help me welcome the CEO and founder of the J Moore Connection Inc. and the star of tonight's show, Mr. John C. Morley. Check us out more at JMOR.com. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the J Moore Tech Talk Show. Tonight, we're celebrating episode 31 in our first season. And tonight, I thought we would talk about, you know, getting to know Firefox. There are so many, how can I say, uh, people that I talk to that ask, you know, what is a browser? How do we get on the Internet? And, and, and things like that. And I think it really comes down to uh, the simplicity that, you know, a computer is used for a certain purpose. But you have to know what tools to use on your computer to be able to get the information that you wish to ascertain. For example, if you're looking to uh, get information out of like the web, you have to use some of a browser. Now, I'm sure you're probably familiar with uh, programs I mentioned like uh, Firefox, IE, but if you're not, I'll be happy to tell you what they are. So when we talk about a computer and we want to surf the internet uh, and surf the internet is just a, a word that many of us have used for years. And what it means is that we want to go out to the internet. And in case many of you don't know what the internet is, the internet is, uh, the short definition, it's a conglomeration of website servers and systems that are all around the internet. So when we talk about an internet, we're talking about all the systems, such as different web servers. And they're not just in your town or in your state. They're all over the entire world. And just to give you a quick little um, tidbit here of trivia, the Internet was actually not started for the purposes that you and I use it for today. No, the actual Internet was actually not a GUI-based system. It was actually used to help in war, to help the, um, let's say, uh, the, the, let's say uh, the one side be able to tell where the other side is, and if there's an alternate route to get to that point, we use the intranet. And it was used in a very primitive way, but not to get into too much of that for tonight's show. The graphical version of the internet was brought in, and that's when we started to have pictures, websites, and it is a, um, a large repository of information that just keeps growing. And there are different engines out there, like you're familiar with Google, and I'm sure you're familiar with Bing, and uh, possibly Yahoo, and a few other ones. What these engines do is they try to help us find information that we want to find answers for. For example, if you go to the Internet and you type a question, the computer is actually going to try to find you an answer. If you type, let's say, just a couple words – you actually will have better results if you use shorter amount of words and you are more succinct with your points so that they can understand it. Because see what Google and all these other engines do is they look at semantics. So if you use a very long sentence, 
it may get a little lost in the translation to what you're really looking for. Now, when we want to surf the internet to, let's say, find um, information out of a specific topic, it could be uh, questions about medical, it could be questions about maybe going on a trip, uh, maybe we have questions about a certain stock portfolio, maybe we have questions about a recipe, um, maybe we have questions about some byproduct that's in something that we're eating and we want to know what that is. Uh, maybe we want to get nutritional information. There's a plethora of information I could spend hours and hours and hours on just telling you the kinds of stuff we can find on the Internet. The thing about the Internet is it's not just text, okay? It is videos, when many of you are familiar with things like YouTube. So it's videos, it's uh, websites, and in these videos, so we have more of a multimedia-type experience. It can be uh, audio files only or uh, videos, which are audio and video. And the thing about the Internet is that it is designed to be a place where you can go and get information basically, uh, basically 24 hours a day. You can go online and learn about information. And the thing about the internet that's really unique is that as information is published, uploaded to the internet, the search engines, if it's uh, put in the proper format and the website's done properly and it has the right type of um, uh, robot uh, text files, Google and these other engines will find it very, very and almost within 24 hours. Now, it depends on how, let's say, how good your site is, according to Google or according to Yahoo, because they rate it on many different things. And tonight is not a conversation about how sites get on the Internet. That's not what tonight's conversation is. But I thought it was important to give you a precursor of what the Internet is. So it's a repository of information from all different walks of life, online, on sitting on web servers, and then what happens is the information gets indexed, and then when you go to search it, it comes up on your computer, okay? Now, the thing I will talk about is relevance. So the way something becomes relevant has to do with uh, not only the number of uh, keywords that are being used, and also how they're being used in the sentences, like we talk about semantics and if they're used in a similar subtext so that it can see if they have value. And then the other way is the engines look to see, do you have any backlinks back to your page? And is that content uh, credible that, that's backlinking to you? you know, are they credible sites? So that's just a little bit of a, of a tidbit story about what the Internet is. So the Internet is a really powerful research tool. It can be used for school. It can be used throughout your entire life to help you find answers to different problems, uh, challenges. It can help you find a home. I was just talking to someone tonight, and it actually can help them find a pet. And this one particular person uh, was looking for a certain type of dog, and they went on to this one website, and they were able to find the exact dog that they wanted. And um, they found the dog less than a few hours away, but they were willing to travel a lot more just because they wanted a very certain dog 
and they were able to find it right online and uh, link them to breeders and also shelters. So I thought that's um, kind of neat. And the site they told me about was called PetFinder.com. I didn't even know that existed. So, again, there is so much information out there. When you just browse a little bit, you can learn so much about what a car should um, should cost you as opposed to what you're being charged, what other people were getting charged for a car. Um, yes, you can use it to search information about some medical issues. Uh, you can use it to find out about um, properties, you know, before you go look at them in person. Maybe you want to use the Internet to find a certain recipe, or maybe you want to find, um, I don't know, you're looking for something to do on your vacation, and you'd like to see what's out there. You can you can actually find things to do uh, in the place you're going before you go there so you can have a plan. So I think that's enough about what the Internet is, and I think you guys have a, a pretty good understanding about how it works. But understand that it started originally for the premises of war to help make war very efficient, and it was done in the context of non-pictures. It was all a non-graphical engine where you had to use command lines. So it wasn't like just going to a browser and typing the search engine that you want or coming up with a search engine and you just type it. No, it wasn't like that. It was more like show, commands, finger, and you had to use these very obscure commands to be able to get it to ascertain any information that you needed. And you probably said, gee, what do we care? Well, if we were going to make the internet like that today, it wouldn't be one-tenth as popular as it is. The reason it's so popular is because if you have a computer and you have um, access through your um, broadband provider, you have access to the internet and all this information. And the thing about it that's really interesting is that as we learn today about certain information, we can learn tomorrow about other pieces of information, or we can actually continue learning where we left off last week or just the other day. So again, that's all about the, the internet, and this is what happened. They took it from a, let's say, a non-graphical system, and then they turned it into a graphical system, and then they came up with search engines because otherwise there'd be so much information out there, and they had to make some easy way to find it. So again, one of the browsers I like quite a bit is Firefox. Now, Firefox doesn't charge any money, nor does Internet Explorer, nor does Chrome, nor does Safari. I've used many different browsers, and I have to tell you, as far as reliability, as far as security, as far as updates, and just all around um, navigational ability, I find Firefox to be very, very user-friendly, and it just works. If Firefox isn't working for your website that you're going to, like, for example, many years ago it wasn't working with some banking sites, the bank sites need to get with the times and bring their site up. The problem, what was happening many years ago, is that a lot of these websites were actually working and, you know, they were not updating as frequently as now the need is because as security changes, as different browsers change, uh, Java gets updated. You need to make sure that you have a website that is going to work with the latest standards. 
And so the way you get Firefox is actually really easy. Now, most of you are probably just going to go online, and I bet you're probably going to type, like, Firefox.com. And if you were to go online right now and type Firefox.com, you're going to get a little thing that says um, Firefox. And right now they have a picture of a little forest. It's kind of purple, and there's a picture of somewhat of a wolf there. Um, and... Um, the particular wolf is looking at the uh, looks like the um, the sunrise, um, you know, as as the moon is starting to uh, to fade away, and the stars are starting to fade away, and we see the outlines of the trees. So you can click on where it says free download, which you can do. And again, um, when you go to the site, we're just a, just a recap from some of our other um, shows. You will know it's a safe site. You'll see the green. Right there, and you'll see the green means what? It's the highest level of protection, right? So we know we can trust this. If we click on free download, we're gonna get we're gonna get an option here that says thanks for choosing Firefox. Your download should begin automatically. If not, click here. Get it on Google Play or download it on the App Store. So that's right. You can actually get Firefox now for your iPhone. So if you don't like Safari and you like um, and you like Firefox you can use Firefox. I like Firefox a lot better than Safari. A lot of people that like Safari are used to Safari because that's what Mac came with, and that was like the only thing they packaged. But now they support Firefox after several years, and it works really well. So right now, tonight, if I was to download it, it says Firefox Setup Stub 48.0. The file is 237 kilobytes. I would save the file onto my computer. Once I save the computer file onto my computer, I would then go up to the down arrow, um, or the, the uh, I'm not in Firefox, obviously. I'd go to my um, download page. I would open it, and then I would run it as an administrator. That's very important if you're running Windows uh, 7, Windows 10, etc. If you were doing it on a Mac, uh, you wouldn't have that option, then it would just install. It would just ask you to make sure that you have the administrator uh, account so that you can uh, run that as an administrator. So that's really cool. I think the way that you can actually go to the App Store and download Firefox, I mean, that's not – we haven't had that for too long. I think that only came around like within a month or so ago. So that's uh, that's really pretty cool. So what happens once you get Firefox installed? I thought you'd never ask. So Firefox gets installed. It goes to some options and setup. I recommend that when you install Firefox, um, if there's anything that comes up as far as, you know, do you want to install any type of um, – if it asks you for any plugins, which it usually doesn't, but if it asks you to install any kind of advertising or any programs, you can just say no to that, but usually they don't do that. So once you launch Firefox, and the way you can denote Firefox is it has the little orange um, fire, um, as you see coming around with the fox, and then you see the little, uh, little blue world. So that's what it is, Firefox. It's a fox that's on fire, and it has a little picture of the world. So that's kind of uh, – that's, that's where it comes from. So let's talk about Firefox, uh, Firefox, excuse me, uh, navigation. So Firefox navigation starts off when you start Firefox in the very beginning, you'll notice that you're actually going to be missing your menu at the top. So this is a common issue. All you have to do is just go to the very top, uh, next to the very far right sign of the top bar, and just right-click and go to menu bar. Because by default, they do not turn on the menu bar. I don't know why. I'm hoping they eventually change this, but they do not turn on the menu bar, and I know that throws a lot of people for a loop about, you know, what's happening, uh, what's going on. Now, as we've talked about other programs before in the past, 
the way Firefox is organized is we have it, and then of course we have our shortcuts. So in our very first menu, we have uh, we have file. So just to break it down, we have file, we have edit, we have view, we have history, we have bookmarks, we have tools, we have uh, tabs, sharing devices, and then we have help. Under the file dropdown, we have new tab. So I could click on new tab, okay, or I could actually hit. Uh, I could come over here and I could actually hit uh, the the shortcut keys for it, which would be Control T. Now the interesting thing is if the menu is up and you try to hit Control T, you're going to notice it's grayed out. The shortcuts do not work like the new tab, the new private window, the open. They do not work when you have uh, the file menu um, expanded. So if you just click anywhere. On the screen, that'll go away. If you hit Control T, that will actually open another tab. So that's how Firefox Box works. It works with tabs. Each tab is where you can actually do browsing. You can pull up websites. Then we have a new private window. So a new private window uh, is a little bit different, and that's actually not going to track your information. That's what a private window is. So we have some here called Open File. Under open file, we can actually choose the kind of files we want to open. Uh, all files, HTML, text, image files, XML files. Again, you don't really need that. It's more there for uh, utility. Uh, never really had to use that before, but you can if there was a, let's see, HTML page that you downloaded and you wanted to open it, uh, it was offline, you could do that. Save page as. If you click save page as, it's going to say, how would you like to save the page? Now, if you type in uh, web page complete, here's what happens. Now, I'm going to click on web page complete, and I'm going to click save. Now, that put that by default in my downloads folder. Now, I'll show you in a minute uh, how it got my downloads folder. I would change that. So, when I click on that particular uh, option, uh, it says here, uh, download uh, Firefox web free, free web browser Mozilla. If I click on that page, okay, you will actually get a um, you'll get a little bit of a window opening up. Says enjoy online freedom. It says some pictures have been blocked. So if I click here, um, and then I can open the item. I can click right on what I want, and when I click on those links, I'm then brought to the appropriate page um, live on Firefox. So it's not an offline page. So that's how that's how that works. So that's a real simple, quick and dirty way to basically save that you are on and again you have the option when you save page you can save it as a uh, web page only text file all files okay if you save it as all files okay uh, for example when you click on I'll just pull up another I'll pull up another page here and I'm just going to pick up uh, Firefox.com and I'm going to go here to file and I'm going to go to save as and I'm going to choose where it says all files, okay? And then I'm going to go here and say save. If I go back to my downloads, okay, you will see there that I have my page download Firefox. And that works exactly the same way as when I did page complete, okay? So now we have something here that says... Um, Save page as, and then we have email link. If I click email link, here's what happens, which is kind of neat. It actually will automatically open your Outlook or your email program and actually put a subject 
whatever the page is in there. So, for example, let's say I was on a page, hypothetically I was on a page, let's say, that, uh, that had my horoscope. And I wanted to email that to someone. I know that the, their horoscope is such, so um, I'll just point a random page, for example. And if I want to email that to that particular person, I can go to File, and I can go to Email Link. When I do that, it would automatically start my Outlook program um, with, a, with the Ascend. Uh, so it would create a new message. It would put the subject, in this case, Leo Daily Horoscopes by Horoscope.com. Free astrology, horoscopes, tarot reading, whatever's in the tab, and then it would put the the link right in there. So I'll X out of my uh, Outlook. This is not an Outlook class, but I did want to explain how that works. And then we have something here that says page setup. So under page setup, I can actually do portrait or I can do landscape. Okay. So you do have uh, you do have that option. Best to always keep the orientation uh, in portrait. So the page uh, will look its best. And then under page setup, we also have an option that says scale. Shrink to fit width, okay, or I can scale. Now let's just say I went up to 100% hypothetically, okay, and it'll actually raise, it'll raise my scale. Now, it was back at 100, so you could shrink to fit the width of the page. You could do that. Uh, print background color, print background colors and images if i if i don't check that box when i go to print then it will not print the back we'll have my print background they the default margins and heading uh and header footers uh header and footers you could actually change that over here your title your your uh your center uh your um your uh, url Okay, and then left, the, the number of number, center, uh, you can put what you like, and then right, and there's another drop-down for right, such as the date, the time, um, et cetera. So pretty easy there. Again, this is all under file. And then we have an option here for print. So under print, we can do properties, okay, just like we would for any printer. We can go to all, which would print everything, and then page X of X, one of one, or that'll print just that page. Notice you cannot choose selection. If I was to highlight, let's just say, a paragraph, and then I was to come in here to file and I was to go to print, notice you'll have the option for selection. So selection only becomes a radio button that you can choose when you've highlighted some text or some objects on your page. So hopefully that makes some sense. And to talk about this a little bit more, um, I want to show you another option here called work offline. If I choose the work offline button, uh, what will happen is it will just work with the files cached and it will actually uh, not go out to the internet for any information. File and exit will just exit my, um, my Firefox. And I have, let's go to the edit menu. So edit, we have undo. We can undo what we last did. And remember all the short keys, I haven't mentioned them, but excuse me, all the short keys are to the right of the word. Remember, this is a live show, ladies and gentlemen. We don't edit anything out here. This is a live show. The new tab is Control-T. That's a handy one. Uh, new private window is Control-N. Open a file is O. Save page is Control-S. And print is Control-P. I think Control-T is the one you're going to want to use the most. Now, if you want to hit Control-T, it will open up another tab. If you click on the tab by the X, it will actually close that tab. 
if you right-click on any of the other tabs, you have the option to reload the tab, mute the tab, which means nothing, it won't show anything, pin the tab, move to new window, reload all tabs, bookmark the tab, close the tabs to the right, close other tabs, un, uh, undo close tab and close tab. So if you close tab, it'll just be closing the one. If I close tabs to the right, it'll close everything to the right of this tab. Um, okay, so that will, but without this one. And then if I choose to close other tabs, it'll close all the tabs except this tab. So very, very handy, very, very simple. If I wanted to move, let's say I have multiple tabs open, and I want to move the tab at the far right, in my case was horoscope, I'll just click my left mouse button, and I will drag until I get it to the position that I want, and I will let go, and now it's in position two because I've dragged it past those few pages. Again, very easy. If I go to edit, uh, you will notice here that under the edit screen, there is, there's nothing to undo for that. So that has nothing to do with undo. This is more the editing if you're pasting and things like that. What also is very unique is something called the find key. I love this, and it puts a little box at the bottom. Let's say I was looking for a certain word. Well, I can automatically, in this case, it was Leo. I'll just type Leo, and I actually can hit enter, and it will find me all the Leos, and it will actually uh, show me with a little, um, little highlighted mark that's green on this page. So very, very easy uh, to see. So hopefully that makes uh, some sense for you. And again, this is all under the file, uh, under the edit menu. So we just did the file menu, we did the edit menu. And again, off to the right, you will see all those commands that you can use at the appropriate times. If they're grayed out, you can't use them. So that's the important thing. Under view, this is really kind of unique. So you have uh, toolbars. By default, I had told you that the menu bar was off, so I gave you a quick way to turn that on. But you can also come here and turn, the, um, turn your menu bar on or off from here. Uh, but you can't get to this menu if there is no menu. So that's why I had to right-click to actually turn on uh, the menu bar. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be seeing this view menu. Uh, then you have the toolbars. Then you have something called Customize. And in Customize, you can actually add additional tools and features, too. So let's just say, for example, that I wanted to email a link. Well, I can drag that into my box on the right and I can click exit and now I have that particular uh, right in my box and if you don't see it off to your right that's fine just hit the far right button open menu and you'll see it there right at the bottom left because that's where I dragged it okay so very very easy uh, very very simple to use sidebars we can turn on and off bookmarks okay if we turn on bookmarks, it'll show our bookmarks on the left. We'll talk more about bookmarks in a minute. So I like that because it's a little bit different. It's kind of like your, that's your favorites. So bookmarks is your favorites. Uh, if you're those of you that are using AOL, uh, they heart certain places. So that's where that comes into play. Then you also have something here called your uh, history. If you click on history, you can view your history, uh, providing that you're not deleting your history in the settings, which I'll show you in a minute. And then we have something here called sync tabs. So you can sign in to view your tabs from other devices. So this is handy because remember we talked about Microsoft's concept a while ago, right? And that concept was that Microsoft wanted to have a single user experience. Remember we talked about that before? They wanted to have the software company create Windows, the Windows 10 platform, so the users would have a single experience on all devices. 
Well, guess who's trying to follow suit? Firefox, right? They're doing this whole thing with the cloud. And you and I, you, you know how I feel about the cloud. Certain things are good in the cloud, but not everything should be in the cloud. And that's a conversation for another day. I, I know we've alluded about that before. The uh, thing about this is that when you go to your sidebar and your sync tabs, you have other devices, you can actually log into Firefox and with your account, and it will actually keep track of your sync tabs. So that's how uh, that works. If you click on where it says sign into sync, uh, it's actually going to ask you to create an account with Firefox, which is very, very easy to do. You click on create account, and you sign in, and that's how it keeps track of what's on, let's say, your laptop, or maybe what's on your particular um, uh, computer. Okay, very, very easy, uh, very, very simple to do, and um, that's how that works. So that's called sync. Most people don't understand that or, or why we have that, but it's the whole idea of not only having the single experience, but having the same things that you have from one to another. So if you have your synced uh, toolbar, then you'd see everything synced. If you don't have your synced toolbar, then you won't have the sync list, okay? Zoom, I love Zoom. Zoom is great. So you have Zoom in, you have Zoom out. This is all under the view menu now. Remember, we just did the file, the edit, and the view. So under Zoom, you're going to see Control Plus, Control Minus, Reset, and Zoom text only. So if I was to hit Control Plus right now, okay, it would actually keep zooming in. If I Control Minus, it would go backwards. Now, if I got it, let's say, uh, two out of whack, and now I wanted to just reset it, no problem. Just hit Control Zero, and it'll bring me back to the beginning. Now, that's the shortcuts. If you didn't want to use the shortcuts, you could just go right there to zoom and then just click. But you can see why Control Plus is um, very handy, and so is Control Minus. So, again, Control Plus is a great way. You don't need to, to touch the resolution of your computer. If every all your other programs are working fine, all you have to do is Control Plus, and maybe they had a website that was written too small for you, and you can zoom it right in. If you're reading, it works really great, and then you can just minus right back really easy, really simple, or Control Zero, and it'll bring you back to uh, what the default is. So very, very easy, very, very simple. That's a feature most people don't know about. And then we have the feature called, which I think is really cool. So if I do my Control Plus, I can just bring my text, okay? Okay? But in order to do that, I have to make sure that my Zoom text-only option is selected. Okay? Very easy. Very, very simple. And very powerful, too. I can't tell many people are mucking around with the magnifying glass, trying to use Microsoft Magnifier, trying to change the resolution. There's no reason for it. If you're just having an issue with a website, well, the website might not have the right uh, font. You know, maybe they, they just didn't um, take that into account. So you can use very, very easy that, easily that feature to make it very simple for you to uh, ascertain the font that you want. You have another feature here called the F11. If you hit F11, it takes you into full screen mode. Okay, so full screen mode. To get out of full screen mode is uh, really, really simple. You can just go back and you can hit the uh, hit that button again, uh, which is going to be, you can go right to the top here. You can F11 to get out. But if you didn't want to do that, you could just right click and click on exit full screen mode and it'll bring you back. So the same thing that got you in, the F10 uh, that, that just brought you in, F11, excuse me, that brought you into full screen. And then F11 to bring you out again. Very, very simple. Very, very easy. Um, so that's the ones I mostly want to talk about there. Under the history 
uh, drop down. We have show all history. And again, I'm not going to go through every shortcut, but you can read them on the side. This one's Control-Shift-H. Uh, if you wanted to clear the recent history, it's Control-Shift-Delete. So if I click on it, it will show me all my history. If you are, if you, for example, your history, it'll show your downloads, okay? Um, and then as well, okay? If you have it turned off in privacy settings, you're not going to have any history, which is uh, my particular default, and I recommend that. Um, this way your stuff is deleted from your computer uh, right away, and it's not storing anything. So that's, that's kind of neat. So we're talking about here now, we just, we just left uh, view. Um, we talked about uh, the history. Um, you can clear the history, but right now it's grayed out, so that means they either don't have any or I'm not storing any. Restore previous session. Uh, recently closed tabs. So if you go there, maybe you close something quickly and you forgot what you closed, you can go right there and you can easily go back and open it. Okay? Now, bookmarks. I know this is the question everyone has. So if you click, if you want to bookmark a page, it's really, really easy. All you have to do is just go to the page you want it to bookmark. For example, I'm going to go to, I don't know, I'm just going to go and pick a website here, kitchen.com. Okay, and they don't have a site for kitchen.com. So we'll do kitchen dot yeah, we'll do kitchen up oh, that's not even a website. Let's do let's do food.com. I know that's one. Okay. So there we are at the food.com. I want to bookmark that. I just go to bookmarks and then I can actually go to where it says control D, okay, which I don't have to go to the list, I can just control D it. Um, or I could hit bookmark. If I hit bookmark this page. It says what name do I want to give it, what folder, and do I want to give it any specific tag so that I can find it easily later. So you notice you have something that says bookmarks menu, and then you have something uh, that has your other choices. And it looks like it's time, really, Brian, it's time to take a break, isn't it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, you stay right where you are, and we'll be right back after this short break. For IT services and data destruction, the J Moore Connection should be your direction. Engineer technology to grow your business. Our custom solutions are at your service. JMOR should be your direction. The J Moore Connection. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So as we were just talking, where if you're just joining us, we are talking about Firefox, the browser, and how to get the most out of it, a lot of the tricks and tips. So we were just talking about bookmarks. So if you do Control-D, you can bookmark something. You can actually just go to bookmarks and say bookmark this page. So I'm on a page, and I hit Control-D. It'll say what's the name. By default, it's there. Do I want to start my bookmarks menu? or on my toolbar. Now, if I go to my toolbar, then you will see it on the bottom there where you have your toolbar, if you have your toolbar set to the bottom. And again, that's right controlled under view, toolbars, and bookmarks toolbar. Okay, so that's how that works. And remember that if you do a bookmark, um, you can choose the folder that it goes into. You can also click on the right and create a brand new folder. And right like that, it's uh, pretty much done. You can also click on remove bookmark and then it won't save the bookmark. If you're already on a page that's bookmarked, you're not going to be able to rebookmark it. For example, 
I'm going to save this page as my menu, and I'm going to say done. Now, let's say I want to re-bookmark the page. Notice you do not see the bookmark, but you see edit this bookmark. So when you control D it, you can very easily remove it. Also, when you go to a page that is bookmarked, for example, I'm going to bookmark this page again. And I'm just going to go typing, I'm going to start typing food. And notice it automatically comes up because it's in my bookmark list. So if we want to get a quick and dirty look at the bookmarks, we'll do that in a second. But So we have something that says view pocket list. So um, that's basically your, uh, you can find something you want to read or watch later and save it to your pocket. Uh, that's what it's called, Pocket and Firefox. They've teamed up, and um, you basically have to um, log in. Um, it looks like there is a fee for that service, but it's just kind of a teaming that they've done. Show all your bookmarks. If I click that, I am going to get a screen that's going to show my library of bookmarks. Okay. So on my left, I'm going to see my history, my download, all my bookmarks, and I can actually just drag and drop folder into another. I can go into a folder, drag one bookmark to another, move them around, etc. I also could take a particular, let's say I went into one of my uh, fields. Maybe I wanted to download, like I had this thing I was researching, um, uh, boots, skiing boots, okay? Looking to get a new ski boots. And if I wanted to drag that to the tool, let's say the, the toolbar, I could do that version by just, just taking it and just dragging it right up. Very easy and very simple. You also can go to where it says import and backup, and I definitely recommend you doing this, ladies and gentlemen, especially if you put in hours and hours um, and you have lots of bookmarks. I would just go to import and backup and click on backup, and I would save this book. You can put that JSON file, JSON. You can put that on a USB stick or what have you, and just save it because I know a lot of you spend time to put in your bookmarks, and I'd hate to see anything happen to those bookmarks. So something happened to your computer and you have a backup. Uh, sometimes people say, I didn't really have anything I cared about, but I had like 100 bookmarks, or I had 500 bookmarks. Well, can you just put them back? Well, I would if I could, because I don't know where they came from. So you can see the problem right there, right? <laughs> so it's very, very easy. It takes like two seconds to back that up, and then you can restore it just as easily. So again, very, very easy, very simple. Notice you'll have all of your folders that you have created here. And you can just scroll to the bottom. You can keep scrolling on the little arrow. You can just put the uh, arrow on the bottom arrow, and it will just keep scrolling. If you push it to the top arrow and you hold it there, it will just keep scrolling up. Okay, you don't have to click anything. You just have to hover over it. That's all you have to do. So let's now we've talked about bookmarks. So let's talk about tools. So we've got tools and downloads. Now, by the way, you can get to tools and downloads by hitting Control-J. But if you download a file, this is what's kind of neat. So before, when we were going to a page like Firefox, right, when we downloaded Firefox, so I'm just going to say free download, I'm going to say save, that arrow actually changes to blue. When it's all done, I can actually click on it, and it will tell me whether my file is, is downloaded or not. To the right of it, you have a little thing that says open containing folder, just left click on that, but I'm going to delete that for right now. But I just wanted you to see very easy. Now, if you didn't, if you couldn't find the arrow or for some reason, all you have to do is remember control J and you're off to the races. Very easy, very, very simple to use. So the next thing I want to show you is add-ons. So add-ons, you want to be careful with, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but I want to just explain them to you. Let's say you want a particular add-on for, 
I don't know, maybe you wanted an add-on for um, ad blocker. Well, you could do a search in the box for ad blocker. And if ad blocker is on your system, uh, you would be able to you'd be actually if not on your system, you'd be able to use it, but if you could download it and it would block certain content. Um, so you have your add-ons, then you have uh, available add-ons. Uh, for example, when I type that, I get like webmail ad blocker, ad blocker ultimate, smart ads blocker. The one I was using before was one called ad guard blocker. And um, you can just click right on where it says more and it will tell you about what it is. This is just basically it blocks all ads, including videos, including YouTube video ads, etc. So it's a very unique, quick and dirty way blocking ads and just keeping your content on. And right now, a lot of the um, advertisers haven't caught on to this, so you're able to block out the ads very, very easy. And again, this is all free. Most of these add-ons are all free. If you'd like to remove them, you can remove one. That's no problem. Um, there are also some options on some of them to say ask to activate, such as Adobe Acrobat. Um, we always recommend that says ask to activate so that it will, you know, you can basically not have it just running. I have another one on here called Clip Converter. Uh, it just adds links to convert and download YouTube videos as MP3 and uh, MP4 files. So, again, very, very, very easy, uh, very, very simple. But if I wanted to, I could click right on the uh, the more link there, and uh, I could see what it does. So that's what Clip Convert. It adds links to convert and download YouTube videos as MP3 and MP4. So that's how that works. Uh, again, you can search for other things you want. Maybe you wanted a particular, maybe you wanted a calculator, just for argument's sake. Uh, and if they had a calculator plug-in, uh, they don't have a calculator. Let me just do one for math. Let's see if they have one under math. Nope. Let's say I wanted one for sound. I'll type sound. And I didn't have one for sound, so we'll type one for YouTube. How about that? And I have Cook Converter, and then I have AdGuard are the two that come up for YouTube. Uh, maybe I want to see what kind of... Maybe I'll type security, and I can see which ones come up for that. And nothing really comes up straight for that. You will have some plugins that will work with your antivirus software, and they will not be plugins you can just add in. Those are plugins that are actually part of your subscription, so that's why they're not available. So available add-ons, for example, um, there was a McAfee uh, security scan plus detection, but when I type security, that just that didn't come up. And remember, you don't want to have McAfee Security Scan Plus uh, plugin or the program running if you actually have an antivirus program because the two are going to fight with each other. It's just not a good idea. So some of the ones you can use, for example, there's one called Parental Controls and Web Filter from Meta MetaCert. Um, it allows you to uh, add parental controls uh, right to your uh, to your browser, and it's actually by a company called MetaCert. Uh, so the question you probably have is there a fee for MetaCert? Uh, well, the answer to that question is yes, they do charge you. And um, the plugin is free. However, the services are not. <laughs> so that's how, uh, that's how that works. So we've talked about add-ons, okay? Uh, if we look at here called extensions, so when we get an add-on, it actually will add, sometimes we'll add certain extensions such um, for whatever the program is. Appearance. I'm using the default theme if I want. I can look for other themes and I could add those if I want. Under plugins, so we have add-ons and then we have plugins. So 
add-ons are a little different than plugins. Plugins are more designed to work with the functionality of, Fire, of Firefox, things like maybe the Dymo Label Framework plugin, if you have the Dymo Labeler, which I have. If I click on More, um, it just it basically allows you to do the labeling uh, right from the website and print, so it makes it really easy if you have that option. Okay, so again, a plugin, to give an example of a plugin, Adobe Acrobat is a plugin. Uh, another plugin that you may or may not be familiar with, Shockwave uh, is a plugin. Intel's identity protection technology is a plugin. Silverlight um, is a plugin. And then we also have something here called services. Right now, I don't have um, any add ons of this type installed, but if I had an add on that uses services, it would show up here in the services place, which is a, a new feature that they actually added not too long ago. So I have the option here for signing to sync. Remember, we had that before. So we could get to that a couple different ways. We saw it from the other menu, under the tab menu, right? We saw it right under there. And then we also saw that we can get to it from the, um, the tools menu. Then we have web developer. I'm not going to get into all the web developer. There's a whole bunch there about tools, inspector, web console, browse console, page source, etc. Page source is kind of nice because you can actually see how the, what, how the, what's causing the page to be produced. So that's how that works. Page info. Uh, will basically give me the address, uh, the type, such as if it's Mozilla, XUL, XML, the encoding type, UTF-8, etc. And then um, when it was last modified, um, you can also look at things like media and security, and that's all under page uh, info. Okay, so that's actually under tools. And then we have an option session. But before we go there, um, I wanted to make a point to you guys because, you know, every day, you know, we think about saving money and we think about putting money into a bank account, right? But what – did you know that there's actually a, a, a different kind of bank account that uh, you can deposit and withdraw from, but it doesn't contain any money? It's just like a bank account, but you don't actually deposit money in it. It's called an EBA. Or an emotional bank account. And I thought it was kind of unique because, you know, we talk about technology on the show all the time. So an EBA is a special type of account that is created. And we can think of an EBA between um, significant others, friends, um, relatives. And what it is, is it's um, kind of an intangible. So if I do something nice for you, okay, then I am actually putting – a um, in our case to increase a uh, an asset the cash account I would be putting a debit uh, in your um, to your to, you know to to the in in to, to basically the, to the to the EBA so if you did so basically by me doing something nice I put a deposit into your account same thing if you do something nice to me you put a deposit uh, into your vice versa now if you do something that is not nice then you're actually going to be uh, putting a credit. So what happens is when you have more credits than you have debits, well, you have a negative balance, right? And if it's a relationship and you've done more things wrong than you've done right, because remember, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. And I don't think any of us up any of us out there are, if, if we believe we are, then I think we're lying to ourselves and everyone else. 
if we think about this from a very interesting point, and that's if we think about the point that when we do nice things for other people, we're creating that positivity. If we do something negative, then that creates kind of resentment and things like that. Now, if you have more debits than credits, you have a great relationship, right? Fantastic. If you have too many debits on, let's say, their side, but they don't have a lot of debits on your side, and it might be great because, you know, the relationship's good because you've got all these debits and very few credits, and they've got on your end maybe lots of credits, but they only have a few debits. You're going to see how it's going to basically – the scale is going to not balance correctly. And so the point I want to bring to you is that just like with a bank account, we want to keep the balance in it positive. If it's a liability, we want to keep uh, – we obviously want to keep it um, – you know, we want we want to keep it negative. It's a if it's a liability for us, right? Or we want to have it to a negative. We always want somebody owing us. But in an asset for a an emotional bank account, if we are to have a good relationship or what have you, whether again it'll be a business relationship, a friend, significant other, etc. If we are to keep the checks and balances where we do a little bit, and I'm not saying you have to count. Like do this, do this, it doesn't have to work like that. What's supposed to happen is that someone does something nice for you, you want to do something nice for them, and it, and it almost becomes like a give and take. If you're not reciprocating back to that person, what happens is the relationship kind of goes lopsided, and that's the concept. So I want you to think about that, and maybe that will help you in day-to-day. -day. It's called an EBA. It's a type of bank account that you deposit and withdraw from but it doesn't contain any type of money. The deposits and credits we make are actually actions for things we do or good deeds. Okay. So getting back here to Firefox, I know we're having a lot of fun here at Firefox tonight. It looks like, is it time for another break? You're kidding me. All right, so looks, we have time for another break, and I'll be right back after this message to so you. Stay right where you are. Have data that needs to be destroyed? Don't take a chance. Let the experts at the JMore Connection completely destroy and eliminate your data. For over 15 years, JMore has been helping companies all over New Jersey with data security, destruction, and IT needs. Call 877-767-5667. JMore meets federally mandated data disposal policy. Call 877-767-5667 now. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. So we're talking about Firefox, and we've been talking about how you can use Firefox a little bit, um, a little more of a spin so that you can get the best benefit of using Firefox. Most people install software that I talk to, and they don't really get the full bang for the buck. Even if it's free software, you've got to get the bang for the buck, right? So what that just means is that you're going to use the software to the best way possible and the most efficient manner. So let's look under tools and options, shall we? Okay. So under tools and options, we have it broken down into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different areas. General, search, content, application, privacy, security, sync, and advanced. So general, this is where you can set up to always check if Firefox is your default browser. You can check that up. When Firefox starts, show my homepage, or do I want to show a blank page? or show my windows and tabs from last time. 
um, homepage. You can put in what you want. What I like is you can open all the pages you want. Maybe you have a couple Google pages. Maybe you have a Google calendar. Maybe you have another site. Maybe you have another uh, site you always go to to search things all the time, like a certain research site for your business. You can open all those tabs and then just click on Use Current Pages, and you're off to the races. Next time you start Firefox, it's going to always open with those. So downloads. Remember I said to you we would talk about a little later about how you can save them? Well, if you click on Save Files to, by default, it always goes to download. And you can pick the location of your computer. If I click on always ask me where to save, it'll ask me where I want to save them. Tabs. When I open new windows, in a new tab is created. When I open a link in a new tab, switch to it immediately. Uh, show tab previous previews in the windows taskbar. And again, these are options you could turn on um, or turn off respectively. So again, very, very easy, very, very simple to use. The search. Um, choose your default search engine. And then below here, it says uh, provide search suggestions. Show search suggestions in the location bar results. If you check that, it will show you things. So this way, if you type something, maybe you typed it wrong, it'll make recommendations. The search bar lets you search alternate engines uh, directly. Choose which ones you want to display. Yahoo, Google, Bing, Amazon, DuckDuckGoo, which I know is an interesting one, eBay, Twitter, and, of course, our friend Wikipedia. And then you can click add more search if you want to do that, search engines. Content. So under content, um, there is something here called DRM content. Uh, DRM content is actually um, a, a kind of unique thing. It's, it's been around for a little while. It's called digital rights management. And it's a technology that enables online video and oral services to enforce content they provide in accordance with certain requirements uh, that they have so that the information does not um, get plagiarized or uh, sent to the wrong places, or in the case if it has to be paid for to be viewed, uh, the digital rights management system will make sure that that's in place. So the new Firefox actually supports uh, DRM, digital rights management. Notifications. Choose which sites are allowed to send you notifications. So you can say, do not disturb me. No notifications will be shown until you restart Firefox. No, that's important. You can choose. So you can pick which sites, okay, uh, which websites are always or never allowed to send you information. And you can put that right in there very easy and very, very simply. Here's where you set up your default font and your default size. You can also go into advanced and you can set up things like fonts for proportional, serif, etc. And you can allow pages to choose their own fonts instead of selecting the above, which is what I do by default. Which is, uh, But again, if you don't like the way they're using them, you can go ahead and select your own. Because remember, they're supposed to pick fonts that are going to work well with their theme, but they don't always do that. Uh, under applications, we can uh, choose our applications. Privacy, very important. We can choose to use tracking protection in private windows if that's on. Firefox, I have mindset to never remember history. If I have it never remember history, I'm not going to be able to find my history. If I use custom settings, I can define which sites it's going to have history for or not, or remember history. So again, I can specify uh, things like whether I want to get things from accept cookies from third-party sites, et cetera, or always use private browsing mode, et cetera. So that's all under privacy. I recommend leaving never remember history on. When using location bar, you can suggest history and bookmarks. And again, if your, if your Firefox session is open, if you closed it, you will lose all the information if you have never remember history. Security. Warn me when sites try to install add-ons. 
You can put exceptions in there so that certain sites don't. Um, for example, they have one in here called Marketplace.Firefox and add-ons. I thought that's kind of cute that they put their own two in there. Uh, block report attack sites, block reported web forgeries, and then you have logins. Remember logins to the sites. I don't recommend that you use this option because if you use this option, Firefox now basically remembers all of your logins and your sites. That's not a very, very good thing. So by default, if I don't save my history, then I can't remember my logins for my sites. There's my sync. You remember sync? And of course, you remember uh, advanced. So in advanced, we have general, um, where we can always use the cursor keys to navigate within pages. Search for text when I start typing. By default, that's off. Warn me when websites try to redirect or reload a page. By default, that's off, but you could turn that on. Use auto-scrolling. Use smooth scrolling. Use hardware acceleration available. And check my spelling as I type. Those are usually on by default. So if you have one of those little mice that you can just move the, the mouse trackball down or up, it'll work with you. Or your arrow, that'll scroll very easily. Works really great with the Logitech uh, mice, which I'm sure you've um, probably seen many, many times. So that's, um, that's how that works. And um, we've got data choices, enable Firefox health report. Then we have to enable the crash report network. There's an option here that says, tell me when the website asks to store data and you can put exceptions in there. So that's kind of un unique. And then under update, automatically install updates, um, recommended improved security. Warn me if this will disable any add-ons, that's usually the default. Use a background service to install and automatically uh, update search engines, and then, of course, there's a certificate management. So, again, that was just a quick overview of how Firefox works. I hope you have found tonight's uh, Tech Talk show educational uh, and informative, and I wanted to let you know that, you know, we're here for you, so if you have questions, comments, suggestions, please like us on Facebook. Please tweet about us. Tell your friends, colleagues, associates. Uh, relatives about us. You know, we have a plethora of information uh, to help you. And I think there are a lot of companies out there that, you know, want to sell you information. I think what's different about us is that, you know, we want to educate the public so they know what they need and um, we can help them make that decision uh, better together. I hope you've had a great evening, just as I have, um, sending this information out to you. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to give us a call at 800-208-5155, or you can chat with us online right now, 24 hours a day at jmor.com. As always, thanks for watching the JMOR, listening to the JMOR Tech Talk Show, and we'll see you next Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, and I gotta go. I know, Brian. From all of us at the JMOR Connection Incorporated, we'd like to thank you for listening tonight and invite you to join us again next Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to tell your friends and associates about the Jaymore Radio Show. And call in live. Be sure to call us early next time so you can get on air too. The Jaymore Connection. We're engineering technology to grow your business. And you can chat with us right now at jmor.com or call us at 800-208-5155. Thanks so much for stopping by and have a great night.